0: What is up everybody? It has been another hot minute since we have done one of these videos and one of these live shows that where we kind of cycle through some of the latest news with the Cincinnati Bengals, what's going on around the league, the AFC North, etc. I'm Anthony Kozenza with CincyJungle.com and this is the Orange and Black Insider. We're going to have kind of an abbreviated episode we hope and plan (laughs) as we go through some of these uh, coaching stuff and some of the news as it pertains to the Cincinnati Bengals. Obviously, some good news, selfishly speaking, for the Cincinnati Bengals in terms of what's going on with their coaches, what's going on with their staff. Uh, The band is sticking together, it would seem, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. And then, of course, we've got our big show tomorrow night, John Sheeran and myself. And then we're probably going to try and do some listener questions live and or a little bit of a roundtable discussion on Friday about some stuff as well. But uh, happy to be with you. If you're new here, welcome. Uh, this is, we we like to go live and just kind of, we have stuff and we, we talk about it live on the air, but, uh, you know, sometimes it's, it's not always the most perfect setup. Sometimes it's okay, but regardless, you can get this show a number of ways, whether it's live or after the live recording, one of which is on the Cincy Jungle Facebook page. You got to give a thumbs up to that there. And then of course, right down here, you can click the channel, the YouTube channel, Subscribe, click the bell to be notified when we go live when new content is available. And then, of course, if you like the audio side of things, you can get it on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio by clicking and subscribing to the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. You can get this show. You can get Talking Football with Bengal Jim and Friends. What a great season by those guys with all kinds of cool guests. And, of course, the always great coach, Matt Minnick, giving us some coach speak and chalk talk episodes. Good to see everybody here in the live chats, and good to be chatting some Bengals with you, even though the season's done. The team that I think a lot of Bengals fans were not pleased about winning the Super Bowl, ended up doing it, is what it is, but let's kind of get to something that I think we all know about, and this is good news for the Bengals, obviously, and we all have heard about this right now based on, you know, this was a couple days before the Super Bowl, but we just got to keep reveling in this here and there's a couple of layers to this ken riley so deserving we had ken riley the second last was it last summer two summers ago when we did the charity fest we had some great great response from all of you uh raised a few thousand dollars between the ken riley 13 foundation the anthony muñoz foundation ken anderson alliance um you know we, we raised a lot of funds for that just kind of as they unveiled the ring of honor. So I guess that was two summers ago now that I, now that I think about it, but uh, at any rate, Ken Riley getting his place into the pro football hall of fame. So deserving and can't be happier for the Riley family. I Obviously we all wish that Riley senior was here for it, but uh, the guy just, you know, one of the best in the business ever at the cornerback position, always overlooked. Uh, top five and career interceptions. And what a cool moment. If you watch the NFL honors, really, really cool moment. The fact that Anthony Munoz, the lone Bengal at that point in Canton came out and was the guy to introduce Ken Riley and embrace his son on stage there, who was representing Ken senior. Very, very cool on this. And, you know, this is not only great for Ken Riley and his family, obviously. This is not only great for the Bengals organization getting another player into the Hall of Fame, but it's also great potentially, especially as these Cincinnati Bengals teams, these current ones, get into the AFC Championship games, go to Super Bowls, hopefully start winning them. That, you know, th- some of these other guys that have been overlooked. Over the years, whether you're talking about potentially a Chad Johnson, you're talking about an A.J. Green down the road who, oh, by the way, he retired is what announced his retirement recently as well. Whether you're talking about Geno Atkins when his turn comes up, Corey Dillon, maybe all of these guys out there we go, man, Willie Anderson, that should be in the conversation and or should have a place in Canton. And as the team has a little bit more recent success, and of course, you get another guy like Ken Riley into the Hall of Fame course you're gonna um you know you're gonna potentially get some more positive attention to some of those guys so congratulations to uh of course Dan the man Ken Anderson of course how could I forget Ken Anderson we've talked about it with him on the show of course um but uh, still congratulations to Ken Riley and his family big big accomplishment all right so the big news that came across today and came across this afternoon it looked for a while as if potentially the Arizona Cardinals who they parted ways with Cliff Kingsbury and are looking to resurrect things with Kyler Murray had a couple of moments of exciting play made a playoff uh you know had a recent playoff appearance and whatnot with Kyler Murray it looked as if maybe they were going to start leaning towards Lou Anna Rumo Bengals defensive coordinator as the the replacement for Kingsbury now the thing that would kind of have would have made it a little bit of a different route for them, obviously, was it would have been just a complete 180 from the coach, the offensive-minded, the younger offensive-minded coach, the unproven guy in Kingsbury that they had and kind of going with the career NFL assistant coach, kind of the Mike Zimmery kind of guy, right? The guy who's bounced around the league a little bit, the guy who's done a lot of different things, and now getting his proper due because of what he has created in the Bengals' defense. But the Arizona Cardinals decide to go with Jonathan Gannon, um, with Lou Rumo being a finalist. But Jonathan Gannon, you know, the Eagles got tapped for both of their coordinators there and um, they are, it is a defensive coordinator. So they are going with a defensive head coach this time around, not the offensive head coach that you maybe thought they would try again with the big contract to Kyler Murray and, and resurrect things there. They go with the different uh, head or excuse me, defensive coordinator there. So that is a theme in terms of the Eagles coordinators getting jobs here. So a, a little bit younger, And a guy that, uh, you know, when you look at what the Eagles defense did throughout much of the year here, you got to give props to him. But um, obviously, again, you see Jay Morrison of The Athletic talk about it here. When you look at what Lou was able to do against some of the better quarterbacks and all kinds of things, you would just kind of think, man, why is he not getting the run? It's kind of it's very I mentioned his name earlier. It's very, very similar. To Mike Zimmer, and you go, man. Remember all the defense, the great defenses he had in in Cincinnati for a while, and he just kept getting overlooked. And you had Deion Sanders taking taking up for Mike Zimmer at the time and saying, "Hey, you know this guy needs to get a head coaching job." Blah blah blah. Years and years and years go by. He finally gets a shot, and he had a pretty decent run with Minnesota. I know it didn't end the way a lot of those fans didn't want it. You know, didn't want it to end. But regardless. Here, Gannon is now uh, apparently the head coach of the Arizona Cardinals, leaving Luana Rumo in Cincinnati as the defensive coordinator with Zach Taylor. So that is huge, huge news for the Cincinnati Bengals and in the NFL. Additionally, a guy who was kind of flirting, I think it was with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dan Pitcher, he is going to also be staying in Cincinnati with the the offensive staff quarterbacks coach and whatnot and i'm pinning all of these articles uh that are on cincy jungle for your reference if you are watching live or watching after the fact you can you can pin those here though but a hot name a guy who is going to be rising here um and then of course you know he's he had interviewed twice with the bucks and then um you know again a guy probably next year now this uh, you know I think we're going to be kind of if the Bengals continue to have these successful runs, deep postseason runs, whatnot, we're probably going to start seeing these same guys get, you know, coaching interview after coaching interview uh, off seasons after off season. That's just kind of what's what we're looking at here. Now, the other, the other part of that is that, and I don't have an article pinned up for that, but the other part of it is as we know now Um, I guess I could, I could bring this, this one up. The Indianapolis Colts went a different direction than Brian Callahan. And so who did they go? They went with the Eagles offensive coordinator, Shane Steichen. He is now the guy tabbed for the head coaching job with the Colts. Another kind of you know, younger, offensive-minded head coach here. You can see here. Look at the look at the rankings, though. When you look at the Eagles' offense, third in points per game, third in yards per game, six in yards per play, fifth in yard rushing yards per game. I actually thought it would even be higher than that based on what they were able to do on the ground. There, ninth in passing yards a game, third in yards per pass. I mean, these are just eye-popping numbers in terms of what he was able to achieve with Jalen Hurts, and obviously Jalen Hurts a borderline MVP type of season from him, came oh so close to winning the Super Bowl this year. So Steichen gets the job with the Indianapolis Colts. You kind of figured that they, the Colts were going to make it interesting with Jim Ursay at the head there, and they sure did. But they had some interest in Brian Callahan, and he is sticking around. So now you've got Brian Callahan, you've got Dan Pitcher, and you've got Lou Anarumo all staying put for the Cincinnati Bengals and their coaching staff. And here you go now you saw kind of the disclaimer from Mike Garofolo of the NFL network saying, you know, pitchers probably a guy to watch for offensive coordinator jobs next year. You're going to probably see the cycle with Anaruma. You're going to probably see the same, same thing with Callahan if the Bengals offense and their team continues to succeed. So it's going to be paramount. Um, you know, and I know Joe Burrow talked about the window being open for his entire career, but this season is really going to be paramount particularly when we're talking about contract extensions, important contracts coming up on the horizon, retaining some key, key players this off season, you've now retained the head coaches. This coming season becomes crucial for the Cincinnati Bengals in their quest for a Lombardi trophy. They, they, they have to capitalize on the fact that they have their coaches still in place despite the sustained success over the course of two seasons, despite the great output on offense and defense. And so they really need to capitalize on keeping those guys around, really need to re-sign some of their key guys, extend key guys, and then add in a few pieces, obviously that are immediate impact guys in free agency in the draft. So if you're a Cincinnati Bengals fan, if you're, if you're a player on the Bengals right now, you're probably pretty psyched that the, the band is coming back together. They're sticking together and they're going on another run with it, and we'll see exactly what happens with that. But uh, again, 2023 seems to be a year that just uh, the Bengals need to really capitalize and take that one last step forward with everything. That being said, the Bengals also had a number, uh, a new player join them. Now, this was actually a, a waiver claim that was made before the AFC championship game. And that is for former chief Chris Lamon's defensive back, a guy that, uh, you know, the Bengals really liked there. So he, he's a cornerback. And initially I think, you know, a lot of it was kind of, Hey, are they going to tap some information there going into the chiefs game in terms of what, you know, what the defensive mindset is and all that, um, you know, who knows how, how deep that really went, but lammons now is officially with the Bengals because that waiver claim couldn't have been made until or couldn't have been fully processed until after the season was over so he is officially now with the cincinnati Bengals this season and they're looking to round out that cornerback depth chart there and so there's the link for everybody here uh on the in the live chats for you but chris lammons officially now even though the waiver claim was made before the AFC Championship game went through, now that technically the Super Bowl is over, the season's over, et cetera. Okay. We're going to keep rolling on here and do a little bit more Bengals news and then of course we're going to go through some of the stuff happening within the division and around the league in terms of head coaching stuff keep it a brief episode so um you know we'll, we'll, we'll keep it manageable but also so give you enough things so you're informed and caught up with everything in case you hadn't been keeping up with a, a, a lot of the stuff that takes place the flurry of information leading up to and after the Super Bowl here so, This is a popular name here and one that starts starting to be connected with the Bengals quite, quite a bit here. And it, you know, talking about a kind of a mid late round tight end from Notre Dame, where have we heard that one in the first round for the Bengals um, mid to late round pick in the first round, rather Notre Dame, big guy, tight end, exciting player. And uh, Michael Mayer is a guy who is starting to be mocked to the Bengals. Now, Tight end is very thin for the Cincinnati Bengals right now. Hayden Hurst is set to be a free agent after that one-year kind of prove-it deal. I I would think the Bengals would like to re-sign him, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, I believe Mitch, Mitchell Wilcox, we talked about it last week, restri- I think he's a restricted free agent. You've also got Drew Sample coming up. So that that tight end room is really, really bear going into this offseason so that's where this kind of makes a lot of sense of course adding another big weapon for joe burrow you lose cj ozama in free agency this last offseason so you know there's a lot of dots being connected with this here and this one specifically um this is from sb nation's home site so it's the uh, first post super bowl 2023 mock draft uh so he is a somewhat local guy, Kentucky, and he is 6 foot 4. You know, a lot of people also when you look at this guy, obviously everybody says, "Oh, you know, great receiving target." Um he ended with you see this here, junior season 809 receiving yards on 67 receptions, uh, and then sophomore season exciting 840 yards, 71 catches, but um regardless what he's he's going to surprise you as a blocker a little bit mayor is um so this could be right around where he goes going to be very interesting to see how he tests at the combine pro day etc but that is a guy that is definitely one to keep tabs on going forward he's going to help you out a little bit more as a blocker than than a lot of people would think i think he's surprising some folks in that regard but Bengals have uh, you know a lot of areas that they want to Obviously, shore up. That's a position that's kind of bare. They gotta figure out the offensive line. I know they did a lot there last year in terms of investments for new starters. We know the deal, but when you lose that many starters down the road, you just you gotta have the proper guys behind them to be able to step in spot starts and and carry you through some of these big games now. admirably, some of those guys, you know, uh, denige and and Jackson Carmen is particularly when you look at the bills game, they they played you know, well enough for the Bengals to really have a convincing win there. But now you're almost looking like the Bengals need to almost build an entire, you know, potential starting offensive line, be it free agents and or draft picks behind the the starters that they currently have. And then, of course, you've got the question at right tackle here between the injuries for layout Collins. There were moments of dominance last year, moments of uh, not so much dominance there. So big, big decision to be made at right tackle, too. So. That's one avenue the Bengals could look at tight end. And that would obviously be a bit exciting because give you, again, a little bit in the in the past blocking game, but also a lot in the receiving game. Michael Mayer from Notre Dame. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Okay, let's talk a little bit. AFC North here. This is something, and this is, uh, I believe this is from Baltimore Beatdown, SB Nation's Baltimore Ravens site. Here you go. Report: The report is Lamar Jackson's input was folded into the evaluation process for the next offensive coordinator hire. So they are tapping him into getting uh, – g- you know, kind of taking his opinion, taking his stock and who he would like and what kind of play caller he would like, what kind of system he'd like to see involved in Baltimore for him, thus pointing to the fact that the Baltimore Ravens have long-term plans, long-term hopes for Lamar Jackson to return to them. Obviously, as we know, his contract is up. They have yet to come to an agreement. Lamar Jackson didn't play the rest of the the, the end of the season. Uh, missed both games against the Cincinnati Bengals regular season finale and the playoff game wherein the Bengals won. Tyler Huntley played pretty admirably in the in the wild card loss for the Ravens, but obviously Jackson's just a, a, a different weapon, a different player and they missed him. But there's an impasse there. Jackson's had some injuries the past couple of years. Um, and they're just, they have not come to an agreement, but regardless of that, Jackson uh, was, you know, his, uh, the report says that his input was taken for the offensive coordinator process. And that is from John Harbaugh in the uh, the, I think it was from Baltimore Ravens.com in the review press conference. So he talked, he, you know, Harbaugh talked about that just who is, Their new offensive coordinator, well, it's a guy that Bengals, the the Bengals themselves and Bengals fans potentially are or should be familiar with, Todd Monken, a guy who was with the Georgia Bulldogs this last year, back-to-back national champions, and a couple of years ago, he was a guy who interviewed with the Bengals for their offensive coordinator position. Um, and he was previously with Tampa Bay, I think, or maybe it was this offseason he had been interviewing with Tampa Bay. But um, regardless, a guy that uh, he's kind of familiar in NFL circles, the Bengals had a little bit of a tie to him with their interviews of him a a few years ago. So uh, he is now going to be joining the Baltimore Ravens as their offensive coordinator, kind of one of those hot names again, here and uh, you can see here, you know Ben Watson, former um, former NFL tight end. You all got a good one. Can't wait to see Todd's ingenuity on display with the talent on the roster. Perfect fit. And then you see Josina Josina Anderson, Josina Anderson. I'm told the Ravens decided on Todd Monken as their offensive coordinator because quote he's a great teacher, versatile, and has a great handle on the new age and traditional aspects of football. Has experienced calling plays. knows how to keep the room light, but still be demanding. So the Baltimore Ravens are excited by this hire. Again, a guy in which the Bengals have some familiarity, given some ties a couple of years ago there. And so he's now going to be tasked with doing some different things with the Baltimore Ravens. Now, what we don't know is what's going to happen with Lamar Jackson. It sounds like Lamar, they, the team wants Lamar Jackson there. It sounds like they're they're still trying to work out a deal, but there are some wild, wild things being talked about. With and this is from our buddy Chris rolling over a Bengals wire relaying this from, I believe, was it Adam Schefter or uh, uh, I'm sorry, Ian Rappaport, Mike Garafolo, Tom Pel- Pelicero. Here it is though the Ra- the Baltimore Ravens will place the franchise tag on quarterback Lamar Jackson if the sides cannot agree to a long term deal in the coming weeks. So, um, that is uh, all things considered, Lamar Jackson is going to be a Baltimore Raven next year, be it on a you know th- that franchise tag or if they work something out long term. But there's a little bit of there are some rumors here about. You know, if in this, I think it's the last, yeah, the the last part of this statement after the franchise tag, there's a possibility other teams could tempt Baltimore to trade the former NFL MVP for a windfall of draft picks per sources. You know, there's talk about, you know, would Miami do, you know, do a deal with Tua to Baltimore? Um, you know, what might that look like? So, you know, the Baltimore Ravens have some options, even though this has been kind of an ongoing saga for a long time with Lamar Jackson that, you know, he's gonna, he's probably going to get the tag. It it would seem as if right now sitting here in mid February that he's probably going to get the franchise tag at this point, but Stranger things have happened. They just haven't come to a, an impasse. And quite honestly, I think that's that might be. Even though it's not the most financially savvy move, I think what is it, forty million or something now for for the franchise tag for a quarterback? It's not the most financially savvy move for the team. I think there's a lot of wisdom in it. Just personally speaking, I think because of the injuries and Lamar's you know style of play, injuries are always going to be a risk with him given all the excitement that he brings with his style of play. Um, And then, you know, you, you just, you haven't been able, his, he's got a figure in mind. You haven't been able to kind of connect that bridge and, and make a contract come together. And maybe this is just something that, that you work with. And Oh, by the way, you also have this kind of ace in the hole, so to speak, if other teams come calling and say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to give up the farm here for him. And Baltimore Ravens being the well-run organization that they are, they may kind of be pretty confident in themselves and, say, you know what, well, you know, we've only got a one-year kind of tie to to Lamar and it's the franchise tag. Um, we were going to kind of let this play out, and now we've got a bunch of picks and things to do to play with here. I don't know. Uh, it, very, very interesting kind of set of situations that could play out here for the Baltimore Ravens, and we'll, we'll see how they work it out. But as of now, Lamar Jackson's still trying to get some form of a contract situation resolved with the Baltimore Ravens um I already put this one out here with which is Stain, uh, Shane Steichen as the Colts new head coach and kind of keeping with a little bit really really just odd situation with Eric Bieniemy, another guy uh, obviously with former Bengals ties and whatnot a guy who is very well respected as the offensive coordinator of the explosive Chiefs offense, and this is from Athlon Sports here, kind of a rundown here. Tyreek Hill, not you know, he's pretty displeased as to what's going on with Eric Bienemy, meaning that he has been passed over for head coaching opportunities again this year. He's even kind of maybe thinking about a what is seemingly a lateral move, uh, potentially to Washington to be their offensive coordinator, maybe have there's this kind of stigma, a little bit of, you know, he's not the guy that fully calls the plays. It's Andy Reed. Um, You know, there's some stuff in the enemy's past that I, I don't know, maybe teams are kind of shying away from, but it's really pretty in, inexplicable as to why he has not had an opportunity to be a head coach at this point, given the success of the Kansas city chiefs and given the success of their offense, just, you know, he's been a big, big part of that. So a lot of folks around the league are kind of sounding off saying, you know, this is very disappointing. Why is he not getting the shot he deserves and, and all of that. So look, um, you know, uh, he's probably got to bide some time and maybe he is thinking or feeling that his best route at this point, be it fair or unfair, that he needs to go to potentially another organization and I guess reprove himself while being kind of the sole play caller and, and kind of the guy and not kind of have this brain trust here with Andy Reid. Now, that's a little bit of a, a knock that we've heard a little bit on Brian Callahan as well. When he's been interviewing for head coaching jobs and whatnot, he's kind of involved in the process. He's not the only, you know, he's got not the solo guy. In the process, in terms of play calling and whatnot, there's kind of this brain trust between he, pitcher, Burrow, Taylor, um, that that kind of come together with game plans and whatnot. And there's a little bit of a criticism here with that, but uh, unfortunately, it seems like we've we've talked about this for God, I don't know what three years now with Eric Bieni where you're like, man, what what's the deal here? So let's uh, we'll we'll kind of end on that. Don't mean to end on a sour note necessarily, at least as it goes with. Eric Bieniemy, but, um, it looks like he's either going to be, you know, staying in Kansas city, kind of s- serving in a similar role, or he's going to be a guy that goes potentially elsewhere and, uh, maybe tries to reprove himself as a sole offensive coordinator at this point. But that's kind of the latest on what's going on with the coaching situations around the NFL. Some of the news and notes as it pertains to the AFC North and the Cincinnati Bengals bottom line, Lou Rummo, Brian Callahan, Dan Pitcher, they are all sticking around in Cincinnati after being interviewed around the NFL for differing positions. Very good news for Joe Burrow, for all that, that defense, and for the team in general. Not only for continuity purposes, but if you now you know you look at the Bengals impending free agents Jesse Bates Von Bell um Eli Apple all of these guys that have been high contributors on the defensive side of the ball you may not have had that this clamoring back from some of them this clamoring to come back to the Bengals for some of them if Anna Rumo was not the guy that returned right i mean it, you you might have had players say, you know, Oh, Lou's gone. Uh, maybe I'll follow him. Maybe, I, you know, so having that back is, you know, is a key key thing for the Cincinnati Bengals. And, you know, like I said, I mean, while for me in my, in my humble opinion, while you bring those guys back and you have everybody back and that's, you got that continuity now, I don't want to say the pressure rises, but the expectations are still going to be really high. Definitely amongst the fan base. Who knows about the the national media, right? I mean, they get, they're so fickle on the Cincinnati Bengals. It's hard to tell exactly what they're thinking or how they're feeling about them. Regardless, Bengals add a few pieces. They keep their coaching staff intact and 2023 could be a very special year for them. Hopefully that's the case. I'm Anthony Kazenza with Cincy Jungle. Com. Keep it there for all your news, opinions, analysis, videos, podcasts, all kinds of stuff. We've got all kinds of stuff rolling through the off season here. No off days for us as we continue to bring you free agency coverage, draft coverage, all kinds of different things. Obviously season recaps still in the hopper and breaking news, opinions, all that kind of stuff. You can get this show and the others on the Cincy Jungle Podcast channel. Audio side, once again, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, all of the major ones we are there. And then, of course, you can click this little icon down in the corner there, the show icon, subscribe, click that bell to be notified when we go live, when new content is available, and we'll be bringing a lot of different stuff on the podcast side too, including free agency profiles, draft profiles, listener questions live, roundtables, special guests, all kinds of stuff. We're going to keep it rolling for you. Thank you so much. Really. I I guess I got to say this and well, maybe I should have saved. Maybe I should save a bit of it for tomorrow. Maybe I will, but thank you for sticking with us on this show at Cincy jungle throughout the Bengals, exciting 2022 slash 23 season. Thank you so much for all of your support for subscribing, for downloading, for reading everything. Can't thank you all enough. This is a, uh, passion project a labor of love and we hope that you like what we do and we we just appreciate all the support you've shown us not only over the course of a handful of years with this show but um also on the website for a long time and uh this year in particular we had another special year for the cincinnati Bengals. and can't thank you all enough for all the support I know I echo the sentiments of my co-host, John Sheeran, the other hosts of the other shows, and, of course, all of the writers, editors, contributors at Cincy Jungle. Thank you so much. We'll be back with a lot more. Bengals coaching staff intact. Got to love that. We'll see you soon.